good? Uh, Is she? I'm good now, yes. But am I okay. really? Hello, okay. everyone. Uh, you're never good, really. Mm-mm. Yes. Again, I don't want to start this on a bad note because it's Thanksgiving, you guys. So, yeah. Yay! It is a day where we celebrate the genocide of millions of Indians, guys. And we pretend that it was amazing when we all know it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we all celebrate the cognitive dissonance that it takes to live in this universe. Yeah, how great is this? Amazing. You know what's funny? (laughs) Mm. Speaking of Thanksgiving... So, uh, today at work, I was telling my coworkers, oh, I have to order food for Thanksgiving. Mm. And they're like, you have to order food? Why are you not cooking? I'm like, (laughs) well, because my family doesn't make white people food, so. (laughs) (laughs) I literally said that. And they're like, what do you mean white people food? I'm like, yeah, like, whatever you guys eat for Thanksgiving, your stuffing, um, mac and cheese Mm. mashed potatoes we have stuffing and mashed potatoes in brazil but they're not Mm. the same way that americans make them so Mm -hmm. i mean we are doing white people thanksgiving this year but again like my family doesn't really celebrate thanksgiving because you know we don't have it in brazil logically so it's like something that we started doing when we moved here you know what i mean and we do it so 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 yeah i'm doing the turkey it's brining right now i am kind of panicking um are you doing fried turkey or regular uh, turkey no just regular turkey are you frying it just regular okay yeah so i mean that's a whole saga i'm probably gonna post something on my instagram tomorrow of me kind of panicking with it but (laughs) i mean i think most of the panic was today you know like, cutting all the fluffy parts out and, you know, sticking my hand in there and pulling all the marvelous things that come inside a turkey. That was great. So, yeah, I think the worst <laughs> part is already done. But, like, yeah. But, yeah, we're doing that turkey. We're doing mashed potatoes and ham. I have a ham recipe that I want to give out to you guys. But I'm going to wait till the end of the podcast to do so. So we don't ramble too much. Because I know it's going to steer some controversy with my co-host. So, I'm gonna really, really. You're gonna judge me. Is that uh, trash? We make ham every Christmas. Yeah. So I'm interested. Okay, to let's see do now. How do you make it? How do you make ham? You, Stephanie. Um, my well, actually, my mom's the one that actually mm. seasons it. So I'm not sure because I'm always in charge of the lasagna and mm. farofa for Christmas. Mm. And Are you eat lasagna flan. and farofa both? Uh, so we make we make rice, mm-hmm. beans, uh, ham, uh, lasagna, farofa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make uh, Brazilian style ribs, so mm-hmm. not like American ribs. We make uh, salpicão. Ah, salpicão is the it. best. There's a ton of food. I'm yeah. jealous. Yeah, but you my ham and my it's it's a family recipe, and I want you guys to save the judgment for now, okay? So what you do is you get like a pan, but it has to be kind of uh, tall, like you know, enough so you can pour liquids on it. You place the ham. You so can, far, it's just like my mom. Yeah, but keep going. Mm-hmm. You place the ham on the um, sheet, whatever preheat oven. Then you're gonna get you're gonna get a bottle of Coke and like douse the ham with it, and stick some clover, 
not cover, you know, cloves on the ham. Bake mm-hmm. it and that's it. It's, I call it coke ham. Yeah, it's a celebration of capitalism. Really? Or a capitalist pig. Like seriously, it tastes amazing. Is it like uh, what do you call? Was it what is it when it's like sweet and savory? Is that it? Like, yeah, I mean, sweet, it doesn't get that sweet. All, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get sweet. It gets... It's a different taste. Like, it's... It's not... It doesn't taste like Coke, you know? Like, the way they compliment... I don't know. I don't know who found out about that. But it just works. And you guys can trust. It tastes really I'm good. I'm pretty sure the way we do it um, for Christmas, it's like garlic, onions, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I do know that it's in a big, big... Um, mm baking sheet thing like a deep one i've seen like um people cook meat with um beer and it's supposed to be really good i don't really know how to do it but yeah you could also do that but you know it's yeah and i did that thank you for coming to our cooking podcast guys (laughs) yeah so oh can i just like Yes, sir. Go yes. ahead. No, I was going to say it's a true crime podcast. Say what you were going to say. Huh? Oh, it's oh. a true crime cooking yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. A true cooking podcast. Where we, you true know. True cooking. Yeah. Where we cook corpses for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. But I was just going to, yes, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, guys, as you might notice, my demented self reached out to her demented landlord because I live on a demented rental unit and my demented landlord finally changed my demented smoke alarm battery. So, you're welcome, demented people. That's all I have to say on this subject. Okay, so yeah, guys. uh, We finally got it after... (laughs) weeks of battling against the smoke alarm we finally changed it so you guys are welcome i didn't i had nothing to do with this (laughs) i i pay rent for a reason so (laughs) yep there's that so yeah yes what are we talking about today okay so today we're talking oh my god just love my thighs and you stop doing that uh today we're talking about a case that it's Known, but it's not that big in Brazil. We're doing Brazilian crimes again, guys. I think we haven't done it in a while. I mean, it's been a week, but yeah. we haven't. Yeah. Anyway, so we're talking about Thais Coppola Rupp. Or Hup. Hup. Hupi. Hupi. Thais yeah, Coppola that's, that's how they say it in Portuguese. Hupi. Hupi. Okay, Hupi. Not Rupp. I mean, Coppola Rupp. But it's Coppola Hupi. Good? Hupi. Yeah. All good? Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh, by the way, I did uh, sangria today with some Coppola wine. Ugh, so I hate. Sangria. Oh, sangria is great, Steph. Don't do that face. No. The listeners didn't see my face, so as far as they know, my face is still beautiful. So goodbye. No. Okay. So I don't yeah. like sangria, but I am buying some Velho Barreiro Val- for Velho Christmas. Barreiro. Not Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, Thanksgiving. Why do I keep saying Christmas? Because they're both so irrelevant to me that I get them mixed up. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 
So I bought some Brazilian moonshine for Thanksgiving, and I'm going to get hammered. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Me too, probably. I mean, it's... I mean, I'm probably only going to have sangria, so I really hope it's good. But my sangria is pretty good. So, just saying. I'll pass. I'll pass. Damn it. Okay, so Thais Kupala Hup was a uh, regular upper class. Hopi! Upper middle class. Hopi, caralho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing with you. It doesn't matter. People would... <gasps> okay. We're going to have to write down the names anyway, because... This is not yeah, even the so. hardest name on this thing. So you guys know how I am great at reading names, right? So yeah, yeah. She, she like last amazing. week. No, last week was like the apex of it. I had to like, okay, stop you do it because I couldn't. So <laughs> no, that was great. I was like editing it, like laughing. I was like, oh my god, that's so hilarious, and I just pat myself on the back like that. So so Thais Coppola, hope was a regular upper-middle-class upper 22-year-old with a passion for art. She grew up in a very artistic family. Her mom was an artist, so it was no surprise when she started showing interest in painting. Her art is very abstract, like something you'd see in a rich person's living room, which br- with um, brush strokes and solid forms, minimalist colors. It's actually really nice to look at. It was pretty. So, uh, others... Piece, other pieces that she does, it's all like canvas works and you know paintings and stuff. Other uh, pieces incorporate like doll heads and it blends with the colors in the background, and it looks pretty nice. Yeah, and there's like one, there's like plaster uh, hands kind of reaching for each other. That's really cool. So yeah, it's cool. She was kind of promising. Her brother remembers her as a great person to be around, and uh, she was always really happy, and like that always uh, lifts people's spirits when they're with her. She spoke fluent English, German, Italian, and Spanish, and had a fascination for Asian religions, like Buddhism and everything else. She had a monthly in- income of 3,000 reais from a heirloom left by her father, and lived li- and lived, with, oh my God! And lived with her mom, Maria Jose, and her b- brother in Campinas, São Paulo. Campinas is like really close to São Paulo, but it's not São Paulo yet. You know, it's no. So, so when Carol says São Paulo, she means São Paulo, São Paulo, like New yeah, York, New York, the state. not not São yeah. Paulo, the state. Yeah. So yeah, it's really close. It's like in barely an hour from São Paulo. People like living in Campinas and commute. Sao Paulo is like really close. So, but it's not that yet. So, just for reference. In September 2001, Thais went to a party with her friends and there she met Vizombara Daza Gutierrez Vargas, also known as Nimai. We're gonna refer to him as Nimai, not Vizombara because it's an easier name. And it was his nickname. So, Nimai was part of the Hare Krishnas and lived with his parents in, at a uh, Krishna community in Pindamoyangaba, Sao Paulo. I'm gonna say that again. Pindamoyangaba. Because it's the biggest name I've ever seen. So, it seems to me that the community. <laughs> What's up? No, it, I've always found that name to be so funny whenever mm. I heard it on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the community was kind of a situation where there's communal living in a huge piece of land in the countryside. So I don't want to be biased here just yet, but just for visual reference, think Jonestown. That's what it looked like to me, the footage. 
you know. I'm not saying it's a cult or anything, but it just for the visual cult. of it. Yeah. So Nimai was very it is a cult. <laughs> so Nimai was very quiet, seemingly the opposite of what Thais was like. So they start dating and from the beginning it seems that it was kind of serious. You know, Nimai is always at her house and the family really knows him and uh she is introduced to his family kind of early on. So, but here's the thing, though. Nimai's family doesn't approve of Thais for religious reasons. She didn't fit the profile, basically, of what they were wanting for in a girlfriend for Nimai. So, for what what I understood, and you interpret it the way that you want, okay? But uh, it's important for them, for the person to be vegan, not to use any drugs, to never practice illicit sex, and we're going to get to that in a second, and never gamble. I don't know what part of this really applies to Thais. I know that she was a smoker. But essentially, the disapproval comes from her not being Hare Krishna. So, the illicit sex part. I think it's because uh, they didn't, didn't approve of sex before marriage. Not illegal sex, as it would imply. Because they were probably mm. having sex out of wedlock. The family was kind of like, yeah, no. You know? So, as I said before, the relationship is getting pretty serious, and uh, they're overlooking any kind of conflict. So, she moves in with Nimai at the Krishna community. However, she doesn't really get along with his parents. She moved out just a few months after she moved in, and Nimai actually moves in with her to uh, one of her relatives' house. I don't know why they didn't move to her parents' house, but, like, anyways. Just one thing. I think I remember... Hmm. Um, I think uh, for some reason I might be just confusing this with another case, but I think in one of the documentaries I watched about this, they did say that she smoked weed, so mm, that could also be maybe. why they didn't like her. Yeah, but he so, probably did. Too. Allegedly, no. she smoked weed, which mm. I wouldn't doubt, because like smoking weed is a big taboo in Brazil. Yeah. But rich kids have been doing it forever because rich yeah. people can just get away with whatever they want to. So mm-hmm. there and is that. Um, another thing that I didn't find out any information if you know anything about it. What was Nimai from? Like country-wise? Yeah. Or like, I think he was Brazilian. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He yeah. wasn't. His his mom is from Bolivia or something Bolivia. like that. Yeah. Because I, I was trying to yeah, find I think his a mom background Bolivian. on her. Yeah. Because when she spoke, she had an accent. But, because uh, Nimai looks native, you know, so he yeah. theoretically look as Brazilian as he could get, you know, at, before all the genocide and stuff. But that kind of, I was curious about it, this way. But, yeah, I think his mom uh, is, I think it's Bolivian. I know they're mm-hmm. from South America, but it's mm-hmm. a different country. Yeah, now that you're... But I think he, like, he, he was born Brazilian. in Brazil himself. Mm. But his parents w- were not from Brazil. I think that... Mm. I don't know. That I think that's well, it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in August of 2002, after 11 months of dating, Thais finds out that she is pregnant. She's ecstatic uh, because she really loved Nimai and she had always wanted to have kids while she was young. Mm. Um, and according to their doctor, they were both happy with the news. They told her family right away, and the next stop was telling Nimai's family. Now they were not in Pin- they were not in Pindago- ah! 
Can I say this? <laughs> they were not. I'm going to say this very okay. slowly. They were not in Pindamonhangaba at this point. They mm -hmm. had a small property in Parachi, Rio de Janeiro, which is like a beautiful place. It is beautiful. And place. so, naturally, Nimai, Thais, and her dog, Simba, got on a cab and went to tell the his family mm -hmm. the news as soon as they could. Which seems so strange. Like, this feels so outdated that you would get on a cab to go across state lines. But, like... This feels like something that would have mm -hmm. happened in the 70s, not 2002. Yeah. But I guess anyway. they wanted to, like, you know, like give the news personally, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so Nimai's family lived in both Pindamonhangaba and Parachi. Mm -hmm. uh, the latter being more of a camping ground, sleeping in a tent uh, kind of situation. Uh, <laughs> from Campinas, where Thais lived to go to Pindamonhangaba, the trip is just short of three hours. Parachi, however, since I just mentioned, mm. is on a different state, uh, is a little farther, five hours away. It's barely Rio, just on the border between Rio and Sao Paulo. Again, Sao Paulo mm. the state, Rio, Rio the state. state. Yeah. Parachi is beautiful, um, guys. If you go to Sao Paulo, go to Parachi. It's like probably five hours away from the capital. Like, go to the beach cities, like Ubatuba, around, like, a little farther away from the capital, you know, and just, like, stretch it a little bit to Parachi, because it's really cool. It's really good. And if you want to hire Carol as your travel guide, <laughs> yeah. just speak to me, because I am her manager. Okay, Thank that's you. good. Carol knows everything about Brazil. I'll give you the greatest lies you ever heard. She is a great uh, geography major. Yes, in I know every, every state and every country. You can ask anything. Exactly. Very good at geography. Yes. yes. I did not have to Google Maps the or the itinerary for this to know how long <laughs> it is at all. Mm -mm. <laughs> so, anyway, moving on to the case again. Mm. Sorry. Thais brought some of her paintings with her, and she left them in several art galleries. I think uh, from one of the documentaries that I watched... Um, they did say that this was uh, an income for her, selling mm -hmm. her art to the galleries. So there's that. Yeah. She also did some research as to which documents they would need to get married. Her mom, Maria José, says that Thais wanted to move to Parachi so she could pursue her career as an artist since it was a good place for that. Yeah, it's a very artsy place mm -hmm. now that I think about it. Yeah. Not that I've ever been there. I haven't, but I've seen it on TV because it's like every telenovela has some rich family that lives in Parachi. So, um, five days after they got there, she calls her mom to vent about Nimai. He still hasn't told his parents about her pregnancy. She thought that he was the one that should, you know, bring up the conversation mm -hmm. since it's like his family and they don't fucking like her. <laughs> Um, and her patience was getting very short. Maria Josette told her not to worry um, and that she, if she was really getting upset, she should just come home and just mm. figure this out later. Thais agreed and said that she would do so if uh, things got worse, like if the problems with him mm. got worse. That was the last time the two of them would ever speak. On the very next day, November 5th, 2002, something strange happened. Nimai's mom, Yolanda, 
calls Thais's grandmother, saying that Thais and Nimai had gotten into an argument the night before and that she had just up and left. Sure, Jan. <laughs> the same story is repeated when Maria José calls her to ask what's going on. The thing is, Thais was not in Campinas yet, and it was already nighttime. She had been gone for a whole day, and she had, quote, left her cell phone in Parachi. Again, sure, Jan. Mm -hmm. She left without any money and without her dog. Like, if you are a dog lover, like this girl yeah. clearly is, you are not leaving your dog she would not have left to go anywhere. Yeah. Maria José called all the police departments on the way to Parachi to ask if there had been any accidents, or if, if there, you know, there was anything on the police reports regarding this. She also called the bus station. There were no records of her leaving Parachi. And according to her mom, Thais wouldn't be the kind of person that would just hitchhike. Mm -hmm. Especially because she's pregnant now, you yeah, know? exactly. Things change about women I mean, when they're pregnant. Yeah. I mean, the thing about her just up and leaving, I think that she would at least take her cell phone. Like, if she didn't take her dog, like, I understand. But at least take her cell phone and, like, call her mom, like, saying that she's leaving, you know? Like, that yeah. seemed like the most reasonable thing to do, you know, because... Especially because, like, she's not, she's not some, like, okay, she might be young, she's young, mm -hmm. but she's not stupid, you no, know? yeah. She's not, she's not some, uh, she's not new to mm -hmm. life, pretty much, like, it's not mm -hmm. like she's never been around the world, she probably traveled, so she knows, like, what yeah. you're supposed to do when you leave places, so... If that makes any sense. Like, it would be one thing for, like, a girl that doesn't really have uh, that much life experience. Uh, the life experience that being rich affords someone. But this girl, she clearly knows, like, yeah. she, she has her shit figured out. Yeah, no, she she's definitely not, like, sheltered, you know? Yes, that's the word yeah, I was looking she's, for. No, she's definitely not. So, in the meantime... Uh, all this happening, uh, Nimai was blowing the mom's phone up, asking for news about Thais. He goes back to Pindamoyangaba, and Maria José meets him there. She says that he seemed tense and was avoiding eye contact, so that kind of threw her off a little bit. She confronted him, asking if something serious had happened, and if she was in the hospital or something, if she got hurt, you know, if they fought hard, and, you know, that was what kind of implied to it, because... Uh, at this point, like, all she knows is they fought and she left. And he obviously repeated all the same story that she already heard before, that they got in a fight, she left. They got in a fight, she left. Over and over and over again. She noticed, though, that he had cuts on his hand while she was talking to him. He said that he'd been, he said that he had been playing with glass and hurt himself. Yeah, okay. Nimai uh, couldn't remember what the fight they had was about, and he couldn't even say what clothes she was wearing. Yeah. She convinces sure. him to file a missing persons report, and she tries to get an, an investigation going. She gets some lame excuse, though, saying that the investigators were not there, and there was nothing the police could do right now. At this point, Thais had been missing for over two days. So, she decided that if no one would help her, she would have to do all the work herself. She goes to Parachi and, you know, starts investigating. She confronts his parents, and after some pressuring, the stepdad says that she was wearing yellow pants and a white shirt. She gathers Thais's belongings and Simba and le leaves the campsite. 
She went to the police, and they denied any help. But the fire department were decent human beings and helped her out on the search. 18 days after she went missing on the 23rd of November, Nimai and his mom are interrogated. His dad is also interrogated the day after. Now, this is when it gets interesting, okay? The dad says that she was wearing a little skirt and flip-flops. Here's the thing. Thais never wore skirts or flip-flops. She was more of a boots and pants kind of girl. So, um, the mom makes yeah. it really... Uh, like, she's really solid about this. Just like, she would not wear a skirt, sandals, flip-flops. She would never do that. That's not Thais. So... You know, and if you remember correctly, he had said before that she was wearing yellow pants and black sh- and white shirt. So I wonder who did it. Guys. Yeah. So it's a gotcha moment. <laughs> yeah. So on the night that she disappeared, Yumai was uh, also seen getting money from an ATM using her fucking card. So yeah. Hmm. Maria Josa was on a restless search for Thais. For Thais looking for anyone who would fit her profile and might have been in the hospital with memory loss or uh, for any bodies that had remained unclaimed. She traveled to most of the 90 cities that the state of Rio de Janeiro has and saw over 40 dead bodies that were not Thais's. She also got several threatening phone calls warning her that if she didn't leave Parachi, she would be killed. But she got one phone call, anonymous phone call, I'd say, where the caller was saying that uh, they had seen Thais being bu- buried. Maria Jose asked them what she was wearing, and they said yellow pants and white shirt. She was being carried by two men. I wonder who they <laughs> are who are calling. Yeah. She was being carried by two men, no, one, tall, one tall and slim, and the other one short and strong, which is cold word for fat. So, yeah. <laughs> Naturally, she runs to the fire department and they start looking for the body on the campsite. Maria Jose says that Nimai's family is barely interested. They don't help. They don't seem to care even. And they just go about with their day like nothing was happening. Like he wouldn't raise any red flags at all, right? So his mom even says that Maria Jose should go away because she was disrupting the harmony in the campsite. What a piece of shit. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) My fucking pregnant daughter is missing. She has been missing because of your useless bitches. And I'm disrupting. Go fuck yourself. So the firefighters, though, were not always able to help. And she, again, has to do it all herself. She starts digging, looking for Thais' body on the lane. On the land surrounding the campsite. And that's sad, but that's also kind of badass. You know? That she's... It is sad. This poor lady. She... I saw, like, an interview with her. She was literally describing herself as going around always having a shovel in her trunk. Yeah. Because she never knew when she would need to start digging. Yeah. So it's awful. A month and a half after the disappearance, Maria Jose finally finds something. In the middle of the forest, she finds a shirt and Thais's boots on the ground. They weren't, like, thrown there. They were clearly placed side by side. Again, I wonder who did this. Oh, my God, you guys. She is the best. So she takes a picture before she picks them up and hands them to the authorities. Just give the woman a fucking forensics degree, Mm -hmm. right? She deserves it. Three months later, on April 2003, the firefighters find bones buried at the campsite. 
While they were analyzing the bones, they try to arrest Nimai, but they're too slow. Just four days after the bones are found, he flees Brazil to Spain. I think this is why I thought he was from Bolivia, because he went to Spain. Anyway, who cares? What I, I wonder I who did it, guys. Back to the bones. I wonder who did it. Such a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Back to the bones. Unfortunately, they were not Thais's bones. They were animal bones. But Maria José never stopped searching. In 2004, she went to fun- she went on Fantástico, yay, Fantástico, <laughs> to tell her story. They sent a news crew to the uh, campsite to talk to Nimai's family. Maria José was also there, and they got in a fight in front of the cameras. Yolanda said that Maria José had no shame dragging her son's name through the mud with no proof that he did anything. Oh, my saints. <laughs> My poor son, he didn't do anything. He left the country because he is innocent. Because that's what innocent people do. <laughs> she also gave another version of the facts. Saying that Thais didn't want Maria José to know that she was pregnant. Since she suspected that she was interested in her heirloom. Yeah. Her mom was the first person she told she was pregnant. So, jokes on you, bitch. So, let's be very objective here, okay? It's very, very likely that her family knew about the pregnancy before she went missing. But... Isn't that kind of an interesting hypothesis? And we're going to get back to a little later because this episode has a slice of bonus content for you listeners. I'm not going to mention right now. Instead, if you're not going to scroll to the end and you're not going to see it because I don't want your candid reactions, okay? So, uh, think about it. Like, what if the mom was really invested into knowing what happened for financial gain? Of course, like, it's likely not the case because Thais and her mom were very close and uh, the family definitely knew about the pregnancy before she left. They used her mom's doctor. So it's not... It wouldn't be a secret in any way. You cannot keep... She was really happy about the pregnancy. Like, you cannot keep it a secret like that. So, uh, it really doesn't make much sense, like, logistically. Like, just think about it. It wouldn't make much sense for her to hide the pregnancy because her mom wanted her heirloom. Like... What does one thing have to do with the other, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make if, any if sense. If her mom actually wanted her her inheritance money, she would just have the girl killed before she got yeah. pregnant, like when she was a kid. Yeah. Like, I think the father had just died. Like, but still, like, it doesn't make any sense for her to be like, okay, so you're pregnant. Like... Y- you're pregnant, you don't want your mom to know that you're pregnant because the mom is interested in your heirloom. Like, it doesn't make any sense, you know? So, I mean, but we'll get back to that later. So, Fantastico asked Yolanda if she knew where Nimai was, and she said, yeah, but she'll never say, never tell. So, I hate people like this. I fucking hate that. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care if we're related. Bitch, I will call out my own parents for being dumbasses. <laughs> like, like, don't even get me started on... I will never cover up for you. You do something wrong, I'm the first person calling the cops. Here you go. You can find him right here. <laughs> he is right in his room, right through this door. It's my dad, and he did something wrong. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Whatever. Again, snitches are amazing. This podcast is advocating mm-hmm. if you get anything out of your place in niche on people. So, on Exactly. <laughs> On April 8, 2004, a farmer finds Thais' remains on a mangrove close to the campsite. The bones were in a bag a little farther away from the trail path at a location that had been really, really close to one of the searches. 
The evidence suggests that Thais had been buried somewhere else and her remains had been moved to the mangrove a little after. And it's really sad. The guy just found the bones. He was, like, trying to get some palm trees or something. Like, he was, like, to, like, plant somewhere Aww. else, you know? And she was like, and he was like, yeah, I just saw this bag. And then I was curious, kind of went close to it, and I saw a cranium. So I called the police. He was, like, kind of matter of fact about it. But still, it's kind of sad, you know? Because also, you know that they've been looking for her in those areas. So, like, the moment you look at it, you kind of know what it is, you know? Uh, Thais was buried, then, next to her father in Campinas on the 18th of April, 2004. Nimai was arrested by the Fringin Interpol in 2007 in Madrid and was returned to Brazil in 2008. On December 2nd, 2010, Nimai was sentenced by a unanimous jury to 16 years in prison, 15 for the murder, and one for hiding the body. So Good. Great. So, guys, you might have noticed that today we posted a picture on Instagram where we kind of said no one knows well, what happened. Well, not today because you're not huh? listening to this on the date that we posted. Yeah, sorry, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday we posted something <laughs> uh, saying, like, because we always post, like, a teaser of the episode the day before we release, so on Tuesdays we always post something so you know what kids we're talking about. And I kind of said, you know, like, yeah, no one knows what happened to her. What? You're never going to find the answers. We're not going to find the answers either. That's because I didn't have, I, I, I hadn't finished my research yet. And I didn't find the part where they say that they actually found the guy, you know. Because most of the things that we have available on the internet, it's uh, things from before 2007, 2008. Yeah. So, it's... You know, and I got it. So you guys have this full research. And you guys remember mentioned the um, uh, bonus slice of content? Well, here you go. Here you go. Are you ready for it? So, congratulations. You got to this, you know, bonus content of this episode. I bet no one is expecting this. But remember Maria Jose, the mom? She was indicted of murder in 2006. Yes. She even what? got arrested and sent to where else but Tremembe. We said we we covered Tremembe a few times. There's a few of our female yeah. killers that are. We have the in Real Tremembe. Housewives of Tremembe. Exactly, <laughs> we're gonna do that. Orange the New Tremembe, we're gonna do that too. So yeah, she was seven. In, like yeah, I mean, anyways, she was released though in 2012, but. Still, she was she's a murderer, you guys. She uh, was having an affair with a security officer that worked for her and her husband. The husband gets killed, according to the security guy. She made him kill him because she is naturally a horrible person. She threatened his kids, his family, the whole spiel. But uh, that's a whole other episode. We can do it if you guys request it, because it's a huge case, too. But, yeah, she is a murderer, you guys. Doesn't that open at least a bit of a window Ex a window of doubt just Excuse a little bit Excuse me it uh, no well it doesn't well it doesn't open a window of doubt for Thais's murder cuz it's clearly like does I really? I don't like does it really? I don't like I don't think so cuz mm -hmm. I don't like extremely religious people with their bullshit oh, no, and um with yeah with 
her murdering i don't know again guys i this was a surprise to me she didn't let me scroll mm-hmm. down so i didn't know she was gonna say this but with the murder of her husband i feel like it was uh more so because it was one of those things where she thought that by killing the husband she could stay with mm-hmm. the lover and then for her to kill her daughter there's no motive but now for Nimai to have killed or helped kill mm. the girl, there is a motive because his family is a bunch of religious cult mm. weirdos who didn't like her. So yeah, I think it makes more sense. What if Yolanda's right? What if it's not... She if, is like, in a she... cult. Trust me. No, I you know, can but trust what if, No, but what if she's right? What if she is really like, you know, yeah, she was afraid of her mom because of the, sorry, of the whole financial gain thing. And this is like she couldn't, like, not like Thais, but not when her dead. You know what I mean? And the mom, maybe, maybe, what if Thais left that night? She just up and left, left her phone and everything, but uh, someone else killed her, you know? And my just then knew it, like, because she not necessarily wanted her uh, dead, you know? Opens a little bit yeah. of a doubt. It opens sometimes. And Nima, I know Nima fled, and it makes sense that he is the killer but what if he fled because he uh knew that he was going to be persecuted anyways because he knew that justice wasn't was not going to work for him i don't know i feel like that would make more sense to me i I mean that is a valid theory Mm -hmm. but i feel like that would make more sense to me if three things were different like one Nimai's family had never treated Tai mm-hmm. so badly for no reason other than she wasn't a weird mm-hmm. cult person. Two, if uh, Tai's and her mom were not such close friends, which is something that a mm-hmm. bunch of people always claim that she was yeah. very close to her mom. And three, if there was no cult involved in this, <laughs> whenever there's a cult involved, <laughs> they are to blame. Yeah. Because fuck weirdos. I mean, I do want to point out that that doesn't mean that all the Harakishans are bad, you know. It's, uh, they always point that Nimai is like an outlier onto this. And he was probably born in this religion that he doesn't really like or he has no choice on the matter, really. But let's give him the benefit of a doubt, you know. And give him the Krishnas, the benefit of a doubt, you know. It's, you know, it's, they're fine, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that is it, guys. This is a big case for Carol, because she has... She tried to save this case for a while. Yeah. She tried to be like, oh, let's not do this, because I really like this case. Yeah. And then we ended up doing it. Mm-hmm. So, make sure you appreciate her... Thank you. ...allowing you to one of her special cases. Yeah. This is, guys... You're welcome. Let me just foreshadow a little bit. This is not the special case for me yet. We still haven't covered my favorite one, and that one's coming soon, probably. But I want to say your favorite. For it. Don't say that. That's not very nice no, to say about I people. No, I know, who but died. the case that I'm most interested in, the kids, I literally okay, saw yes. it developing. So you guys are gonna know everything about it when we do it, and you guys are gonna know it when you hear it because I'm gonna be so excited. But still, yeah, still. Yeah, I hope you really liked you guys. This. I don't know how was there to like about this. I guess the twists and turns and getting a resolution to it. I guess. Yes, 
Yes, it's a very. I think it's a very interesting、mm-hmm. case. It's really sad too. Yeah, it is. But it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very interesting because, not for nothing,、um, Brazil is known for being a violent country and stuff like、mm-hmm. that. But you don't hear so much about crimes like this in the big media. Yeah, they do happen. But they they're not like really like super covered.、Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like like it's one of those things where people are like, oh, okay, another person died. Yeah. You know. And this was like this is not like the most famous case in Brazil,、mm-hmm. but at the time it definitely made headlines for、yeah. quite a while. Definitely、so. got some press. I mean, it made made it to Fantástico and it made it to Linha Direta, right? Which is our version、mm-hmm. of Dateline. So it's, it's it no, it's、big. America's Most Wanted. America's Most, yeah, that's true. It's because Dateline sounds like Linha Direta, right? Yes, yeah, that's true. So yeah, America's true. Most Wanted, yeah. Actually, it could be both because I remember Linha Direta covered both solved cases,、mm-hmm. solved cases. Why did I say that weird? And unsolved cases, and this was one of the unsolved one because. At the end of the episode, they are like, "Oh, if you've seen so and so, please、yeah. contact whatever, whatever." Yeah, so maybe、mm-hmm. it's a mix of Dateline and America's Most Wanted. I don't. There's no、know. budget for both, right? So you have to kind of, you know, blend condense. it. Yeah, condense <laughs> it exactly. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Ah, uh, what else is there to say about this? Really, I mean, maybe you know what we should do. We're completely out of the、What? subject here, but maybe we should do like a special episode or something about、um, murders that happen like throughout the year in Brazil. There are not like big、Ooh. enough cases for us to do like a whole episode on. Because if we do like the yeah yeah the ones that got like the press a lot of press this year, you know, because also yeah yeah to make big episodes. I just episodes, saw one、sorry. on the news that was so sad. But I feel like people are gonna、mm-hmm. forget about it in like a month. Yeah, I feel like you need to wait for cases to mature a little bit to do like a big episode on it. Cause it's gonna be like what five minutes of content per case. You know,、mm-hmm. like a do like yeah, a, a, um, not not throwback, throwback Tuesdays murder no.、Uh, no. No. Do yeah. You know what I mean? Like、uh, a, recap. Recap. Of everything that happened, yeah, we can do it. Oh, ooh, Carol!、Mm-hmm. So this is gonna be episode twenty、uh, four. Yes, we need、right? to talk about that. You guys Listeners, need to find. Yeah, this is episode twenty four. Maybe so. We want to do a, a sort of like a seasonal type of thing、mm-hmm. where our、um, our episodes are divided by season. Um, not only to because that's a cool idea, but that also gives us <laughs> a, a little break、yeah. at the end of the year because you know holidays and such. So we can do that for the next episode as no, the final you know episode in our season, and then no, what? No, 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 no. We're gonna do like、uh, next one, right? Twenty five, which we don't know yet, guys. But yeah, that's the last yeah, one. No, but, but we can do like a normal case, and then we do like.、Uh, Uh, extra like in the end of the year, like a meantime in between seasons recap, like that. Oh, okay.、Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. And and then, you know, starts fresh with the first one on the first week or I don't know. I don't know when the next com- year, yeah. We're gonna come back. But still. Like it's still a little farther away. If we're gonna come back next year, Some of you, you know? have been nice, but some of you have not been nice, so do you deserve my presence? Oh no, they're I'm great. Sure. No, they're great. It's no. But you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it's like a, a <laughs> it's like a huge gap between like next week and January, you know? Yeah. So just throw an episode in there just to, you know, so people don't miss us that much. Yes. Yeah. So we we'll, we will do our retrospectiva episode sometime in December. <gasps> oh and my then god. We'll come back in January. Yeah, doesn't doesn't like I think do they have that kind of thing here? Do you remember the Global Dust kind of like a, a, a recap? Yeah, like every that? year. Every I don't year? know if they have that here. Yeah, but it's like an I it's like know. a three hour long program news. with everything bad that happened in the world, and it's so depressing. I always got so bummed every time I watched it. I never stayed up late enough to watch that. No, no, definitely not. But still, like, like I would always watch it at least a little bit because it was always on the. Was it the thirty first or no? No, it wouldn't be. I 31st. think it's like the very last day of the year. No, it wouldn't be the 31st because probably the 30th. 30th. Then. I think it's the last day. No, because they play the show, the um, the concerts and stuff. Yeah, no, but I think they do it before that. Oh, oh okay, so like in the afternoon probably. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you guys, it's, it's, we should, yeah, we should definitely do that. Let us know if you like that kind of idea or no. Like, cause we did like a, yeah. a episode that's not part of the season two already, the alternative episode, or AKA the upside down episode, uh, that was not a hit with you guys. I don't know why. So if you know this, this kind of segment that you know we already done once that you we covered several cases in one episode. We also did Baby Brianna and Alex- Alexander Fortis, right? With Sam, that was yeah, and that was a no, hit. that was a hit. So maybe we just need to choose better cases. Yeah, yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. So also, we don't. We want to kind of like not step away from Brazil, but like include more uh, international. I mean, you know what I mean, like Latin American countries that are not Brazil. So if there is any uh, case that happened this year, they remember in your country that kind of made it big headlines send it to us really really send it to us because we will cover it uh on this special episode yeah and no deadline you guys just send it until the end of the year we're probably gonna it's probably gonna make it in there so yeah so definitely do that because uh we definitely want to put it in a little more for shizzle for shizzle so yeah. I don't think I have anything else to say. <sighs> you guys, <laughs> I am so done with life. Can I just complain about one more thing? Sure. So, I have this class, which shall remain nameless. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, it's an online class mm-hmm. that I was taking. And we have three big assignments for that class, right? And then we have, like, weekly posts. And I suck at doing weekly posts because fuck homework. Mm-hmm. Like, homework is pointless. Um, so I didn't do 
every single one of my weekly posts. But for the three assignments, the first two of them, the three big, big essays, mm-hmm. I got um, an A- minus on both of those, right? Mm-hmm. Then for the third one, I passed it in literally two days late. And I got a C. Oh. I was like, okay, whatever. Okay, I don't care. Guess what my final grade was? Mm. Just guess. See? Yes. Just because of one? I don't fucking know why, but how how is it that I got that, that an A minus on... Yeah, and then I got a, a C as my final grade. Yeah, I would expect at least a B on this. Exactly. If I got an A minus yeah, on both of the exactly. freaking... But yeah. you know what? If people know me, they know what school I go to. Um, so I'm not going <laughs> to mention it because, you know, I don't want to bash my school mm-hmm. too bad. But so far, 99% of the instructors I've had in my school are very unresponsive. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to bother complaining about this fucking grade. Because mm-hmm. I know I'm just going to be left on red as usual. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, I'm, school has been okay for me. Like, I've been kind of overwhelmed. But it's, I'm fine. You know, I'm doing fine, I guess. Next semester is going to be a little easier because I'm going to take a bunch of online classes. And uh, it's closer to my house right now, campus. So I'm now going to have to wake up as early to go to class. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Because before it was far, and yeah, enjoying my new house, so it's great. Yeah, so far, I can honestly say I have not enjoyed a single second of my overall college experience. I cannot wait to be done with college and just go to law school. I feel like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, it's just... Like, I don't want to, like, jeopardize my future by saying too much shit about school and stuff. But I feel like I'm just going to have to study my ass off and get, like, a stellar grade um, on the LSATs mm-hmm. because school has not been great for me. And for me, that. I don't know if, if it's because high school was just miserable. But in comparison, college is not that bad, you know? I mean, it's not fun by any means, but it's definitely not as bad as high school for me. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, I'm see, enjoying it on the sense that I'm not, you know, wanting to die when I wake up to go to college. So, that's already enough for me. So, yeah. No, high school, I was really, like... High school was a, a weird experience for me because I moved here... Um, my freshman year of high school, um, I didn't know anyone, so it was weird because I was getting to know a brand new country with a new language and yada yada, mm. but I did very well in high school mm. because I had really good teachers mm-hmm. and good, like, guidance counselors and, like, teachers, my teachers went above and beyond to make sure that everybody in class knew what the fuck mm. was happening, so it wasn't one of those things where, like... Well, whatever, they're students, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the way I felt and still feel about a lot of my college experience. 
it's i feel like i'm just another paycheck oh. to my professors yeah, no i definitely feel like that i feel like they're scamming me out of my money but again because i did so bad in high school it's the only way i can get to a good college education is through the community college i am in right now so i am grateful and i'm doing yeah. great you know i'm do i'm excelling in college comparing to uh you know my high school and it sucked because mm-hmm. I moved. I think I already talked about this, but I'm gonna say it again. I moved here on my senior year, so I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Like it was, it was like you you could have made, made like a comedy skit of my high school experience. That's how clueless I was. And because like I was a senior, my school wasn't bad. It was really good, but it, they all kind of assumed that I knew what was going on because I in theory, would have had four years of that, you know, or three years of that. Yeah. You get it. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea. And it was kind of like, you know, okay, so what do I need to do? You know what I mean? Like, I was just going to class and I had no idea. And uh, school and Brazil was kind of different. So I was like, wait, you need to apply to college? Like, nobody ever talked to me about any of that. So I had to kind of do some research and it kind of sent me back a lot. But it was fine. Like, I'm glad that I got to graduate here in the u.s barely got to graduate my gpa was like on the edge you know it was barely enough to graduate but i got to graduate so that was amazing you know mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like i don't know if if i don't know if you felt that way about uh college or about just moving here on your senior year i don't know if i was just spoiled because mm-hmm. i went to such an inclusive high school but I felt like as a first-generation college student in the U.S., mm-hmm. like, my family, everyone in my family that has gone to college went to college mm-hmm. in Brazil, so no one knows what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on. I feel like I have no support system. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say that I'm I'm treated worse than people that are born mm-hmm. here because I, I don't think that's the actual word that I would be looking for. But I feel like I have no support system. And I feel like whenever I actually speak up and I'm like, hey, so how do I? It's like transferring out of community college to regular university. I reached out to the person who was supposed to help me. And I was like, hey, see, I'm looking to transfer into a university. Like, how do I do this? I got left on red. I had mm. to like go visit colleges by myself, set up college visitors visits by myself, um, set up the applications by myself. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, and I still feel the same way. Yeah. I so, mean, I definitely feel like I don't have that. a support a support system at all. Like my college has like an international students division on it but i'm not considered international anymore but i have to pay out of state tuition so i will not i will never understand what that yeah exactly they do not consider me international but i'm not a resident of florida so how exactly how stuff don't you pay taxes here in Massachusetts, at least in all the colleges mm-hmm. I've gone to, because I've had to help people adjust that. See, I have never, <laughs> like, I'm the person that's helping other students out. This is how bad yeah. it is. Like, so I had to, I've had to help students out. And the way they mm-hmm. proved that they were uh, 
quote unquote residents here was through their taxes because mm-hmm. they're like, okay, if I if I'm paying out of state tuition, then what what do you mm-hmm. what do you mean? Like, do you not see my taxes? I paid mm-hmm. taxes in Massachusetts, so what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, hopefully, I'm gonna be able to get in state tuition soon because I might have enough documents to show right now. But I think it will be more like, and this is gonna sound ridiculous, guys, and it makes me feel like shit because it's gonna be more like having to prove that Matt lives in Florida rather than me because he's my husband kind of thing. So this college is stuck in the 50s, clearly. But I have to do that. That's so stupid. Yeah, it's so shitty. But after the end of DMV too, I had to prove that he was an American citizen for me to get a driver's license. So What? Uh, uh-huh. Do you want to hear this whole story? Because it's... I mean, you know, because I, I was texting you as I was enraged in my car. You know, I thought Florida was bad, but it's worse than I yeah. what I had yeah. imagined. I mean, it's all bureaucracy, and I'm fine, because I know it's all a privilege and that kind of thing, and I am privileged enough to be, you know, here legally and be able to do those kind of things and not have to, like, you know, fear for my life. But it's still shitty. You know, it doesn't mean that, that it's all roses. And I don't want to complain too much about yeah. that. But it's, you know, I've been put in some kind of shitty situations that I would not have been put at if I was a citizen. So I'm going to get there someday, hopefully. But it's until then, it's going to be will. kind of painful, I think. So. Yeah, and see, um, I, I'm trying to, like, shorten this conversation mm-hmm. and I keep extending it. <laughs> Uh, but just one mm-hmm. last thing that I wanted to say. Uh, one of the things that I really was um, taking into consideration when I went to the law school fair that I mentioned on our last episode was this: like, how good, uh, how good of an administration mm-hmm. does your school have? Because I mean, not for nothing, but I would rather go to I don't know the state school of I don't know Georgia than go mm-hmm. to Harvard if it means that at the Georgia school. I will have a support system that will help me, you know? Uh, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to sound like I am too and I need someone to walk me to the bathroom. No, but, but you, need a, you need support. There's a lot of things yeah. in college, yeah, that you don't know, especially if you're in a situation like me. Yeah, I've been living here forever, but my family has yeah, exactly. never gone to college here. My mom didn't even know when school started mm-hmm. until I moved here. Yeah. So, like, because... As immigrants, all we focus on is work, 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 make money, pay bills, work, 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 you know? So, I don't know. And it's, yeah, it's one thing to, like, you know, if you're born into something and then you learn it, you know, it's another thing if you grew up somewhere and then you have to kind of relearn everything and how everything works. And moving to America for me has been kind of like that. I had to, like, kind of learn everything like i moved here i had no idea what a credit score was what is a social security number i literally thought it was a credit card social security so like it's you have no idea what things are and you have to learn it and it's kind of i was thinking about that this week it's kind of uh a weird experience because you're not part like i'm not part of brazil anymore but i'm not really part of it here you know so you kind of have to like kind of trying to balance it you know so it's it sucks but also it doesn't suck because i'm not in brazil you know that would suck if i was there 
at least I'm here. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I think it touched up on a very important thing. Because I know, I actually know a lot of U.S. born, like, millionth mm-hmm. generation Americans that don't know crap about adult life. Yeah. So I feel like the, the society as a whole in America doesn't really prepare you to be an adult. Mm-mm. Like, I was lucky that uh, not only did I go to a quote-unquote good high school that, like, had a bunch mm-hmm. of, like, we had classes that taught kids how to do taxes oh, and really? how to balance a checkbook. Mind you, yeah, oh mind you, only, like, three kids ever signed up for the class because <laughs> kids were like, oh, that's so boring, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I bet they um, was sick. But, <laughs> oh yeah. God. They wish they t- mm-hmm. they took the class, right? But I've always been very curious. So I've always been the type of person that, like, I figuring things out mm-hmm. on my own has never been a problem for me. Yeah. But I feel like people our age in general, they don't know what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. half of the time because they were not prepared for shit to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's sort of like, not only are we, you and I, thrown into the society from like, completely different countries, mm-hmm. but this society as a whole doesn't, it, set, it sort of sets people up to fail. Yeah. So, anyway, that was my poetic speech for today, guys. Thank you very much. You are <gasps> welcome. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't really get to talk that much about immigrant life here in the podcast right and i mean i don't know the kind of profile that are our u.s listeners but we have tons of people like outside of america that listen to this too so i wonder if they are immigrants because we don't guys we don't have anyone in south america listening to us right now we have like may- sometimes like one person pops up in brazil but like yeah, yeah, it's uh, and then Chile Midori listens to us still. So like, I don't know, I don't know. Let us know if you guys feel the same about it. Yeah, let let us know if you're an immigrant to yes. a different country, mm-hmm. regardless of where that is. I want to know, especially if you're an immigrant to Europe. I want to know, <laughs> is it wonderful? Is it as wonderful as I no. dream of? Let me know if I am being no. very. Very, um, if I'm seeing Europe through colored lenses, because you know, I'm ready to get disappointed by Europe. I'm, I'm just saying, <gasps> no, I know, I know someone who migrated to Denmark and she's been living there for years and years and years and years now, and she's happy, she really likes it. I would too, I would love it too. So, mind you, I've never even Me been there, either, so. but I would move, I would move in a heartbeat. But again, I'm not sure I want to deal with deal with the bureaucracy of another country. Like right after, I'm starting to get figured out by this one. So, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna chill at least a little bit, you know, without worrying a little bit. So, yeah, it's. But the problem is, I feel like even when I eventually get my shit together and become a U.S. citizen, I feel like. Even though I've been living here since before I really had ever, like, done anything meaningful <laughs> with my life, I feel like I'm always going to be an outsider yeah, here. But if I went back to Brazil, I would be even more of an I outsider. Know, right? Yeah, so, exactly. It's like you're I don't pro- know. 
I mean, I felt that. I mean, because you haven't gone to Brazil, but like when I did, it was weird. It was like I didn't, like everything was weird and different. And you're treated like a foreigner, you know? Like, yeah, like it's it's the little things. Like sometimes when I am around Brazilians, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you don't do this because you know you've been here for too long." And I'm like, mm. "What does that mean?" Yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, of course you like this. You grew up with all these Americans. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what does that mean? <laughs> like, what? No, I didn't. I'm Brazilian as <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes. Let's go. Let's finish this up because I gotta sleep. You gotta sleep. We gotta get at least eight hours of sleep. Okay, Okay, guys. guys so really, really hope you guys Ciao. enjoyed it. Let's Say, go. No, you can't cut me out like that. Say ciao at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so I really hope that you guys enjoyed okay. it. Okay, we hope you appreciated the fact that there's no beeping sound on this episode. Alright, you can actually email us thanking us for that instead of complaining this time. Now, ciao! ciao. This demented soul says goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Suspiria, a true crime podcast. If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all this horrible information, please write us a five-star review on iTunes. And also, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. Also, if you want to support the podcast, please consider answering our listener survey. It will help us out immensely, and we will be eternally grateful. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SusperiaPodcast at gmail.com. Or, if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Ciao.